JNK Podcast is brought to you by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. Collar and Elbow was founded on the traditional values of professional wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product intended to connect with people on an emotional level. A symbiotic relationship where one cannot flourish without the other. We strive to create a product that embodies our passion for professional wrestling expressed through street fashion. Make sure to use promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and receive yourself a sweet 10% off your entire order from CollarAndElbowBrand.com. This is CWE champion, hotshot Danny Duggan. Canadian Wrestling's Elite hits the road October 21st through November 21st, hitting five Canadian provinces with 32 events in 32 days on the Strutton and Cutting Tour, featuring WWE legend Brutus the Barber Beefcake, The Kingdom from Ring of Honor, Rhett Titus from Ring of Honor, and top independent wrestling stars from across Canada, the United States, Europe, Japan, and even as far as Taiwan. Check CWECanada.ca for full tour information. Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on the JK Podcast. What is up, guys? Of course, powered by thegrillposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. Yes, we are. As well, everybody, we want to let you know that we have right now two amazing sponsors that we have with the JK Podcast. First, we want to talk about Hype City Vapors. For all of you vapors out there, you can go to HypeCityVapors.com and you can find some amazing vape juice there. They just released their new black line. Go and check them out and make sure you use the promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout and you can get yourself 15% off your entire order from HypeCityVapors.com. As well, make sure you go, as you heard in the introduction there, to CollarAndElbowBrand.com. An amazing clothing line brought to you by our founder, Al Snow, a former professional wrestler. Al Snow created this brand for professional wrestling fans to have some amazing street fashion. I want to let you guys know that they just dropped some new merchandise we are looking at the new living the dream t-shirt we're looking at the globe t-shirt we're looking at a loser leaves town t-shirt as well as they have some female new shirts that have come out the mirror cropped hoodie for the females we are looking at the pink 
breast cancer awareness shirt that has the collar and elbow mirror logo on it as well we don't want you to forget that they do have a clearance section as well where you can get some of the best original merchandise that collar and elbow has come out with at a discounted price while you're there make sure you use the promo code jk podcast at the checkout and get 10 percent off your entire order including clearance items from collar and elbowbrand.com absolutely all right carl another week has come and gone here but before we get into the bulk of the uh, topics that we want to discuss today we have to have to take some time here to acknowledge columnist from the position.com jim phillips just recently down at southern legacy wrestling was recognized for his fantastic writing that he does for the position.com uh, he is a literal encyclopedia of history when it comes to the business you go and ask this guy absolutely anything having to do with the professional wrestling business and he will have an answer for you congratulations to jim phillips on his award with southern legacy wrestling yeah make sure and check that out as well as uh, ryan who does uh, power of the pin and of course kim Hartlip with women on fire and uh, all the other stuff that is on the grillposition.com make sure and check all that out while you're there now, to get into the topics we want to talk about here today, Carl, an interesting one to kind of start off with here involving former WWE star Neville. Yes, former WWE cruiserweight champion and Ooh. former professional wrestler with the World Wrestling Entertainment, Neville, doing something that we didn't expect to happen. Yeah. Of course, now he is known as Puck, which I think he was uh, known uh, for uh, back in Dragon Gate. And there was some speculation what was happening with uh, with him because, um, you know, even uh, Nick Aldis and, and um, some other people kind of uh, trying to reach out to him and he kind of went dark. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and even uh, over in New Japan Wrestling, there was uh, a lot of uh, speculation and uh, we were all kind of figuring he was going to join Los Ingobernables over there and he actually ended up going back to dragon gate yes he did in an interesting turn of events he decided that uh, i guess maybe going home Hmm. was the best option for him at this time maybe to kind of fly under the radar for a little bit and not really have national exposure as he has before Uh, at this point in his career i really don't think that he needs the national exposure he's gone through made his money he's done everything that he really needs to do in terms of the big companies and the big times when it comes to professional wrestling. So why not go back home and really help build up that promotion and some of the guys there? Yeah, he really seems to be turned off of uh, the big companies. You know, when you look at the experience that he had in WWE, can't blame him for going there that he's going. No, definitely you can't. I mean, there was, uh, I don't want to say animosity between the two of them but i mean there kind of was a little bit uh you know with neville thinking or pock thinking that he uh really wasn't being used the way that he should be and i do kind of agree he really wasn't there was so much that they could have done with not the person himself but with the character of neville 
that they really could have taken it to new and different heights within the WWE. Unfortunately, it seems as though they wanted to just kind of keep things the same as they always have throughout anybody's professional wrestling career and take the safe route, maybe, so to speak, with Neville. And he really wasn't a big fan of that and was not happy. Yeah, he's a good example, at least in the WWE, of a guy that uh, just got just too scripted, too much kind of handed to him. And, and, and not one of those guys were, you know, given the opportunity of, you know, okay, here's, you know, a rough kind of thing here and then you run with it. Right. And, and he's not the only one that, that this is happening to. It's uh, kind of a wider spread problem in WWE is that it's just too heavily scripted. And then guys like Neville specifically here, you can see the outcome just, um, you know, things didn't pan out at all. And they really should have. They should have, and I I think it really boils down to maybe years ago where there was uh, too much creative control Mm -hmm. handed to the uh, workers themselves, and there not being enough control within front office. So to see the uh, WWE really start to script things more and give the workers themselves directive Mm -hmm. as opposed to letting them kind of go out on their own and allow them to build and create their character. They've really essentially done it for them. And for some people, they can't handle that. For some people, it's they have to have that creative control. They have to be able to go out there and ad lib. I mean, when we do our podcasts, we have, you know, our topics. We know what we're, you know, essentially going to be talking about, but we don't have everything scripted. It's not written down. To be honest, every time that I do, you know, our sponsorships at the beginning. I don't have that written down. That's just off the top of the head. And that's, that's, you know, my allowance to be creative with different things. And I think that that really wasn't there for Neville. He wasn't able to be creative on his own terms. By the way, I can vouch for that. I'm sitting right across uh, the table from him and he doesn't, he doesn't have any paper, something on the back of the laptop or anything. Like it. It's a, you're really improvising that bit and you've got it down and uh, you do a good job there. So yeah, folks, if you've been wondering if Carl's reading off a script, he does <laughs> He is not. I do not. And I'll give you props for that, sir. Now, speaking of flying below the radar, uh, SmackDown 1000 is happening very, very soon. And, you know, from my perspective, I mean, um, especially from somebody who's not watching a ton of WWE content, this is really flying below the radar for me. SmackDown 1000. SmackDown 1000 is happening one week from this Tuesday. It is happening on the 16th, I believe it is, of October. Um, yeah, really, really below the radar. I've been I've been watching a little bit of the WWE programming when I can because I work when it's on. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been trying to watch a little bit of it. And they're doing a little bit of promotion for it, but not a whole lot. I take a look at the pay-per-view that just happened, the Super Showdown that happened over in Australia, and I've been watching it. I'm about halfway through it right now, and I think there's been three or four times where they've plugged mm-hmm. the SmackDown 1000 episode. So... I mean, really, there hasn't been very much promotion to it. We the, we haven't been told of any names, big names that are going to be there. Minus one, we have been told about one masked man mm-hmm. named Rey Mysterio that will be at uh, Super Sh- or not Super Showdown, but SmackDown One Thousand. Yep. It it has been confirmed that Rey Mysterio will be there. 
But as of right now, I believe he is the only confirmed name that will be at this show. I don't have any reason to really take part and watch this show. I have no reason to PVR it. I have no reason to find it somehow on the internet at this point. I really don't. See, and even you almost kind of slipping between the two there is very, very telling because they're, they're putting out so much content that we're getting, we're getting <laughs> things mixed up. Yeah. Right. And you know, uh, you know, there's, there's raw, there's SmackDown, there's, uh, these two super shows, there's evolution, there's the regular pay-per-views, there's NXT, there's 205 live. It goes on and on and on and on and on, you know, and with it, uh, you know, the way that I kind of see their content, you know, I'm watching Ring of Honor, I'm watching New Japan, I'm watching Impact, and sometimes some MLW. And to throw all of the WWE stuff then on top of it, it's just, it's too much. And, you know, this kind of promoting and that kind of stuff, it wouldn't surprise me uh, when they do like a pre-show thing. And I know you hate this, and I know I hate this, and I know a lot of you out there hate it. When they're doing that pre-show and then they're promoting something and then they... Let they put in the little box the, mo- the match happening, and then they then the, the main mm. thing that they're trying to push takes up the main screen. I can't stand when they do that, and I, and I, I don't know if they've done this because, I, like I said, I haven't watched it except with the exception of the last bit. But again, it just it's they're they're pushing so much, and you know they've got the Susan G. Komen stuff in October here. You know they're just they're overwhelming themselves, biting more often than they can chew. And you've completely forgotten about the amazing May Young Classic yeah, that's been that happening. Too. That's another right? thing, right? Yeah. So, so, oh like God. you said, just so much really happening within the the confines of the WWE and what they're doing mm-hmm. right now that I think that things are not necessarily getting pushed to the wayside, but just trying to be squeezed into other things too tightly, yeah. too closely, and it's just not getting the promotion that it deserves yeah you know going worldwide and uh, becoming public you know it almost seems to be you know i won't say that you know that's it's their undoing but it's you, you can see that i think that that just that things have gotten a little maybe a little too big for them to kind of handle you know when you really look at a wwe as a company they're very very small like uh personnel wise and like that and they're, mm-hmm. they're doing so much that quite honestly things are probably just being forgotten and things are disorganized and lost in the shuffle and however way you want to kind of word it. Yeah, that's you know? very possible. And then you combine the creative issues and then the wrestling product suffers. It just becomes a compounding kind of problem. You know, and then hopefully, you know, they'll they'll realize and I think one of their issues right now is that they're they're not paying attention to what their the actual audience is. The actual wrestling audience are people our age, between the ages of about thirty and fifty years old. Yeah, they're catering towards the kids and the, the teenagers that they think that their fan base is, when it's actually not the case. Yeah, right. So yeah, the, there still is an audience that they're obviously the arenas are still flint. They're still they can print money, but you know their their main core audience. I don't think that they quite realize who they should be targeting. But again, again, that's something that's my opinion. So Yeah, and I mean, your opinion is very valid. I mean, I take a look at uh, shows like the CWE, Canadian Wrestling's Elite. When they come through here, the majority of that crowd, three quarters of the crowd there yeah. are people that are between 30 and 60 years old. Yeah. We really aren't seeing a lot of young people like you know, grade school and high school kids really coming out and watching this show with the exception. There are exceptions. There are some that do come out, but the majority are 
between 30 and 60 years old that are coming out to watch this programming and to watch the CWE when it comes here. And it's it's really telling because that's who the market is right now. Those are the ones that are that are buying the tickets to the shows. Yep. Not the children. Even just here at the grillaposition.com here, this would be kind of a, a test for myself here that if I can remember everybody. We have Ryan Bowman, Michael Malcor, we have Rick Vickery, we have Jargo, we have you and myself, we have Kim Arlo, we have Jim Phillips. Uh, the average mark guys, we're all in that age group. We're between 30 to, to 50 to God knows how, how high. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we're the, the main bulk of the audience in WWE. Uh, you know, they seem to think that you know, it's, you know, it, it becomes very confusing when you try and think about all of it. I think that just, uh, they think that their their fans are the, are the young kids. And yeah, there are some, but, you know, you're, they're not catering to everybody like they kind of should be. They're just, they're focusing a little too much, but in the wrong spot. Yeah. I think anyways. All right, Carl, we're going to get a brief break here and we're going to talk about uh, something kind of disturbing that uh, has recently happened uh, down in MLW. Sure. All right, Carl. So we'll be right back. Big Joe of thegorillaposition.com and the Roar Network here with a very important message. If you're hearing this right now, this prime piece of real estate can be yours. That's right. Your product, service, show, or whatever you need to bring attention to can be done right here on this very podcast or any of our shows here on the Roar Network. But that's not all. A host of other sources can also be yours. Communications, news releases, video editing and production – any number of public relations and marketing services are available for the asking. Contact us at the gorilla position one at gmail.com today to find out how we can help you grow your audience, your booking, your attendance, and your business. Welcome, my name is the Alpha Female, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. Throw up your rock fist if you're feeling it. What's up, guys? This is the standard Dusty Gold here. We are going to set the standard in Canada, in the U.S., all over the world. Let's do this together. Let's raise the bar, set it high, crush that gold. You're listening to the J&K Podcast. Stay tuned. Are Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on the JNK podcast? Yes, we are. And of course, you heard about pinned. Um, make sure and go to uh, GorillaPosition.com if you're a promoter or a wrestler and want to uh, get some more recognition, get some more exposure, make sure and, and check that out. We can help you out there. You heard from our friend Alpha Female and, of course, uh, Dusty Gold, who I'll just come out and say it, thanks to his appearance on the JK Podcast, is getting out there and he's getting booked and he's getting exposure and he is making some noise. That's right. He definitely is. So happy for him. So happy that we were able to get an exclusive interview with Dusty Gold and maybe be a little bit of a help for him because that's what we like to do here we like being able to help out any promotion or any independent professional wrestler who is out there whether you're male whether you're female i don't care if you have a promotion 
or if you have a uh, show that you want to plug or if you are a professional wrestler and you want to get your voice heard and you're listening to this right now get a hold of us on our social media we'll plug our social media at the end as we always do but I want you to get a hold of us and we will definitely make the time for you to be on the J&K podcast before we get to the thing with the MLW here, a little bit more about Dusty, because I've really been liking the stuff that he's been doing lately. And, you know, a lot of wrestlers now are, are you know, are, are turning heel and, and going kind of that. Dusty's going the opposite way. He's really embracing the the face character yep. and is, uh, you know, and, and really taking that on and uh, doing stuff for the kids and stuff for the show. And he's, he's gone the other way and he's, he's making it work and he's doing an amazing job. So, again, props to him. And uh, you'll be seeing a lot more of him. He, he has some high aspirations. He wants to go all the way to the top. So, and he is driven and he's going to make it, I think. And that just really shows his comfort level with what he is doing. There are people within the professional wrestling business that can uh, really play up that heel character. I know for myself, I was known as the extreme Canadian Carl Carafel, and I would go down into the United States and I loved being that heel. I loved being that Canadian in the, you know, the opposing country and taking on the Americans and all of that. And I, I, I loved it. I loved playing that character, but to be able to come home and play that that face character was so much better because I could just be natural. I could be me. I didn't have to really act any of it out. It was just, it was there. And I loved being able to do that. And I love seeing that Dusty is now taking what he is good at and loves to do and really embracing the good side of things and really running with it because he is an amazing guy and it's portraying through his actions. Absolutely. And speaking of heel, uh, doing some crazy stuff here. Uh, Loki Down and MLW uh, has essentially, well, the sites are, are quoting it as ripped his opponent's ear off. And uh, what's the kind of uh, noteworthy thing here is that it's one of these things where, believe it or not, it's very much up in the air as to whether this is legitimate or if this is a storyline or a work or however you want to word it. Right now, the internet sites out there are saying that he ripped his ear off. Um, I I want all of the listeners right now to go on to social media, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Facebook. And I want to get the hashtag half foleyed going because that's essentially what uh, Loki did to this guy. He half foleyed. Uh, this guy's ear. So he, he really didn't rip it off. Essentially what happened is that it tore. Mm-hmm. So his ear did tear away from his face, but it wasn't ripped off. Now looking at this, it's like you, like you said, Joe, it's, it's, it's really difficult to know. Was this legitimate or is this a work? Um, it's 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 a blind that is really blurred right now and unfortunately until we kind of learn a little bit more about what happened how it happened why it happened stuff like that we really can't tell other than knowing that this other person who you know was on the uh, uh the receiving end of his ear being ripped from his face so to speak we know that he's gone to social media and gone on Twitter and really put it out there that Loki is a, an expletive and that he's not a professional and that, yeah. you know, essentially he's saying, I will never work with him again. Now, 
for me, regardless of whether this is a legitimate thing that has happened or whether it's a storyline slash work, uh, I'm not a fan of it. Because when it comes to professional wrestling, you know, that ultra-violent style, the CZW stuff, and, and not to not to point the finger directly at CZW, because they do, you know, do some some good matches that aren't always the ultra-violent stuff. Some good guys that come out of there, Luke Harper, uh, Dean Ambrose, and whatnot. You know, they, they do some good matches there. But the, that over-the-top stuff, skewers in the head, and ripping people's ears off and uh, going through barbed wire trampolines and cement blocks and that kind of stuff. I know that there's an audience out there for that kind of stuff. For me, not digging it, right? And this kind of thing here, it, uh, regardless of what it is, I don't like it. Don't like it whatsoever. I really don't like it either. I mean, that's professional wrestling is supposed to be a good – and. It's 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 hard to really say this because it's 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 entertainment. Mm-hmm. No matter how you look at it, any form of even independent professional wrestling, it's an amazing sport, and I will always see it as a sport. But it's entertaining to the people as well. Mm-hmm. Just as somebody in a movie, you're making a movie, you're an actor, you are entertaining the people who are coming to see your films. Now. <clears throat> I don't like the fact that it's it's come to this kind of a point, especially in, you know, this promotion. Mm-hmm. Like MLW is is a is is a promotion that's really gaining grounds and really getting their feet dug into into everything and and starting to grow and starting to almost become like a household name when it comes to the good independent professional wrestling that they have. That's why I really do believe that this is not a work and that this legitimately happened because it's very uncharacteristic for the MLW promotion. Yeah, with the independent shows, MLW included, really making a noise, or we're sorry, really making noise these days, and you know, arguably becoming bigger than than everything else. You know, th- this kind of thing, I won't say it's you know necessarily going to be permanently damaging, but I, th- I think maybe maybe just a, a small step backwards, you know, for it. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if there's any long-term effects for this kind of thing. You know, like you said, with MLW, you know, they're really making noise, becoming popular. Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, killing it over there with the new Heart Foundation. And um, do yourself a favor, you know, when it comes to this kind of uh, blurring of lines, go and check out, if you haven't seen this, uh, the new Heart Foundation, which, of course, is uh, Teddy Hart, uh, Davey Boy Jr., and Brian Pillman Jr. with Kevin Sullivan, of all, of, uh, of all people, and a really violent, very shocking, very abrupt kind of a thing. And, and uh, go and check it out. And even the the most hardcore fan out there, I think is going to have a hard time kind of blurring the lines there or figuring out what's what because it's uh, done that way. And uh, MLW, you know, doing great. This kind of thing, I don't think it's going to damage them permanently. I think it's going to be just one of those things where it's a bit of a setback, but, you know, hopefully they can move on from it. If anything, it does further progress in an extreme fashion. We will cover it on another podcast going into the future as well. But at this time, we really don't have a lot more that we can really go on except, uh, you know, our own personal views on the situation. So, like I said, if anything more comes of this and we hear anything substantial, definitely make sure to keep on listening to the podcast and we will have something about it. I think at the very least that, uh, you know, Loki is maybe, especially if this is a legitimate thing, they maybe lost some respect with uh, some of those in the business. 
Definitely. Now, speaking of those who are respected in the business, let's talk about Chris Jericho and him possibly going to impact wrestling. Um, I don't... Okay. This is this is gonna maybe sound a little bit crazy. I don't want that. Right. Now let me explain. Chris Jericho is an amazing talent. He has worked everywhere around the world, and right now he has been doing amazing things when it comes to working with Ring of Honor and with New Japan Pro and with NWA and with all these other different promotions that are out there he's now got his uh, band out touring again we're talking the band fozzy that chris jericho is the lead singer of as well as chris jericho has his rock and wrestling rager cruise that's going to be happening soon as well we've got all of this different stuff happening with chris jericho that i don't want to see him in a soul contractual agreement with impact wrestling i would rather chris jericho be there on a open contract basis where he is able to go from impact to new japan to nwa to ring of honor to lucha underground to mlw to southern legacy wrestling to anywhere that is available for chris jericho to go i want him to be able to have that freedom to go yeah, knowing how he's gone about things wrestle, uh, wrestling-wise recently, you know, even showing up at all in when he really didn't uh, need to, but uh, went up his way to uh, to do that. You know, I don't see him signing a deal with Impact that just restricts him to that company because uh, it would be very unlike, uh, like I said, you know, what he's doing lately. Because I know that he wants to go work in ROH and uh, and still do stuff in New Japan, and I think that you know, he may even end up showing up at this NWA seventy show, maybe maybe taking on like a Jeff Jarrett type character and uh, attacking him with the guitar and then challenging for that title. You know, that's the kind of stuff that uh, I think that um, he can do. And like you said, uh, I would love to see him in impact, but not just restricted just to that company. That's right. And I mean, honestly, uh, we've got Austin Aries, who is known as the belt collector right now, going through the independent promotions. We could have Chris Jericho become another belt collector and go and grab a title in Impact and go and take a title in Ring of Honor, take mm-hmm. a title in Lucha Underground, take a title in the NWA, take a title <laughs> in New Japan yeah. Pro, Red, take a title wherever he wants because the man can do it. Yeah. He has such a talent within the professional wrestling business and such knowledge that he can really go in and take i i feel he can take any title that he wants in any promotion that he goes to not that he needs to yeah but he could if he wanted to and that's what i like about that scenario is i would rather see chris jericho with the option to go to any promotion he wants and challenge anybody that he can within any promotion. Yeah, like Austin Aries and Impact, like uh, Naito over New Japan, Brian Pillman Jr. in MLW. I mean, uh, in the, you know, he's been around for, for so long, and some of these guys he hasn't worked with, uh, there's just a few of them that would be absolutely great matchups. So, uh, you know, it's, it's cool to see that uh, he could be doing this kind of thing, and I think that... You know, especially Chris Jericho fans, I think are really going to like this, but just wrestling fans are going to benefit 
seeing some of these dream matchups. Like if you know this, uh, my prediction of uh, him and Cody kind of happens. I think that that could be something really cool, not only for those two guys for NWA to to have Chris Jericho as a and Cody as a main event. That would be amazing, in my opinion. I think either way that uh, <laughs> NWA seventieth goes, whether it is Cody or whether it is Nick Aldis that comes out with that belt, I do believe that Chris Jericho could make that matchup between either one of those two guys for the world's heavyweight championship an amazing matchup yeah and of course our own ryan bowman and michael malco will be there to check out that 70th anniversary show and uh that's going to be a, i think a real show to to watch and to see what's going to happen coming out of that because that's going to be a very important show for independent wrestling just in general and of course for the nwa itself we are definitely jealous of both of you and all we ask is send us swag yes absolutely yeah <laughs> All right, to end off the episode here today, Carl, let's do our showstopper segment. And this is an interesting one here this week. Yeah, it definitely is. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe take the lead on this one a little bit. We always have Big Joe taking the lead on these things, but I'm gonna take the lead on this one here. Now, really all that we have written down is, you know, kind of legends um at big shows stealing the spotlight instead of building, you know, younger and new WWE stars. Mm-hmm. Um, what essentially what what we're talking about here is these legends going into uh, Saudi Arabia and these legends going to um, Australia with the Super Showdown that happened and having matches on that show. Now, I personally don't mind that happening at all. And I'll tell you why. Because as a fan, and I'm looking at this from the perspective of a fan over in Australia or over in Saudi Arabia or over anywhere where they decide that they're going to go and do these big shows, they are fans, as we talked about earlier, who were within that age group of 30 to 60 years old who grew up watching we're going to use as an example from Super Showdown, Triple H and The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Not many people have had the opportunity over in those areas to be able to see them live. I thankfully was at one time able to see The Undertaker live. That was an amazing experience. I was able to see Randy Orton become the youngest WWE World Heavyweight Champion when he did it, the uh, the show in Toronto in SummerSlam, that was an amazing experience. I've had those experiences. I've been able to go to different live events. I've, I've had all of that. These people haven't had that. So for them to, to, to have a show come there, they want to see those, those matchups that they were able to see on television or see on pay-per-view or now being able to see on the WWE Network. But they've never had that experience live for them. I have had that because I live in North America and it's readily available to me to be able to go to shows. Whereas in these areas, it's not there. So for them, I don't see this as being a bad thing with having Triple H and The Undertaker go out there and being able to put on an amazing show for the people over in those different countries that haven't been able to have that. And I only say that because the younger talent has the opportunity on every single other pay-per-view show that happens to be able to showcase themselves. So, 
Yeah, I definitely get um, your perspective there. And some of these countries, you know, like um, like Japan, I know um, some of those uh, areas there, they, they just don't have streaming services, period. Uh, Saudi Arabia, I'm not sure what the, the status is with, with that. But, um, yeah, I definitely get what you're, where you're coming from there. You know, when it comes to, you know, being a fan of, like, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, like, don't get me wrong, I loved seeing those guys, you know, you know through our childhood and uh, young adults and whatnot. I mean, those guys were amazing. Did great job. But at some point, you know, that, that, that literal or figurative torch needs to be passed to the next generation. And... You know, week to week, you know, Roman Reigns is the perfect example of this, you know, working with, you know, the available talent, not able to, you know, to reach that next level. And I think that, you know, these guys need to work with some of these legends. It's still a chance to use these guys, but to, you know, to pass that that, that torch, whether it's another wrestler that, that's working that same kind of character or something to, to pass that kind of on. You know, what I would have done for uh, the Super Showdown is I would have... You know, I would have had you know a number of these matches, and still have used all those guys. I would have uh, you know used. I would have had Undertaker versus Bray Wyatt, which they had an opportunity to pass that torch. They they, they kind of almost did there, but they didn't quite go there. I think that uh, would have been an opportunity there. Uh, with Kane, I would have um, booked him with uh, Lars Sullivan to, you know, to, to build him up as that next kind of uh, monster kind of character. Because, I mean, Kane's not going to be able to be around as much. He's mayor of Knox County now. So Yes. Um, Sean, I would have definitely have matched up with Adam Cole. I think that would have been an amazing opportunity to, you know, to pass that torch on um, with him. And with Triple H, I would have gone with either an EC3 or maybe even a Velveteen Dream, you know, to, to kind of pass that on as well. You know, so I think that that would have been a really cool approach as well. I, I, I get what they're, what they're doing, but at some point, I think the, you know, the line needs to be drawn there of, okay, you know, you guys are, you know, you've, you've done it, you've done enough, you know, you, you guys don't owe us anything more. You've given us so many memories throughout the years. The one that you just talked about, you know, at SummerSlam here in Canada, that I think that at some point, you know, to avoid the scenario of DX coming out with the, the walkers out to the ring, and as funny and as entertaining as that, that may seem and, and likely could still be, you know, at some point, I think the, that, like I said, that torch needs to be passed to the next guys. And I 100% I, I agree with you. I mean, there should be, you know, some sort of, and it doesn't even have to be a match between the two of them. It could just be some little vignette that's done over the course of, you know, four shows that happens that that torch is passed. I don't think that it needs to happen at those shows though, because this is an opportunity for those people to be able to be, uh, entertained and have their own memories that they can now have uh, from stuff that they've seen, right? Something like that, having matches like that to really pass the torch, and it really doesn't happen, but it no. should happen more at like a WrestleMania, which is going to be a huge show that is a global entertainment that can house you know, a hundred thousand people as opposed to like 40,000 people in, in an arena be yeah. broadcast out over pay-per-view be broadcast to the WWE network. That's what people watch. People will go and they'll watch the WrestleManias and they'll watch the summer slams and they'll watch the Royal rumbles. Those are the pay-per-views that they're watching something like this, a super showdown. People are like, eh, take it or leave it. Yeah. So to, to really do like a passing of the torch kind of thing at these shows, I don't think really needs to happen, but at a big major pay-per-view, definitely those are the times to really do that with those, those, uh, those characters. Right. But I don't know. I'm, I mean, maybe it's the Canadian in me. I think maybe, you know, like those people should really have their moments. Like I've been able to have mine. 
True. And the, that approach of maybe not even doing a match can definitely work. Perfect example, Piper and CM Punk. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can make an argument that uh, a torch is almost kind of passed there. And even Piper said, you know, that asked, you know, who he thought one of the best talkers currently on the mic was. He said CM Punk. Right. You know, and um, another example, Rock and Hulk Hogan. Those two guys could have, they, they, yeah, they ended up having a match. Those two guys could have just done that first part of that where they were just standing in the middle of the ring, looking off into the crowd, kind of soaking in that moment. They could have just done that and that would have been enough. No, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> it wouldn't have been. Right. To end that off, all you would have had to have had was Hulk Hogan grab The Rock's wrist and bring his arm up, point over yeah. to him, and <laughs> leave the ring. Yeah. That would have solidified it. Done right there. Yeah. They didn't even need to even have uh, not even a body slam or nope. a suplex. Nothing. You could have just done that and done properly. That could have completely just blown the roof off. Right. Right. Executed properly. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, you know, some different approaches and... You know, if you uh, are on Facebook and you see this post, um, leave us a comment and, and your opinion, your, your kind of take on this and how, you know, do you think that uh, they're burying the new talent or, yeah, should the the legends, you know, still get a chance to kind of uh, to come out and uh, kind of strut their stuff once in a while. And with that being said, everybody, I think that this is probably a good way for us to kind of close out this episode here for you. Before we go, though, like Big Joe just said, we want to hear your voice and opinion on our show stopper segment for this week. You can find us on all three social media platforms being Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find us at jk podcasts we want you to go there whatever platform you use go there and let us know your thoughts on our showstopper segment again at jk podcasts on facebook instagram and twitter absolutely and to listen to the episode of course you can find us on podbean at itunes on google play at the google play music app and of course on their podcast app and the majority of those podcasters out there and of course as a pro part of the roar network on the grillposition.com that's right all right that is a great way to end things off here and we'll see you guys on the next one ciao This is Ryan Bowman, editor-in-chief of the GorillaPosition.com, and you're listening to the J&K Podcast.